Thank you for downloading this podcast from Emmanuel Church Lurgan. At Emmanuel, our vision is to help rewrite the story of Craigavon, Ireland and the nations with the good news of the Kingdom of God. We hope you enjoy listening to this message. If you have Bibles with you, we're going to be turning straight away to Matthew chapter 13. I'm not going to take time to um, recap on anything that we've done over the last while. Um, we've been in these parables and the teachings of Jesus. Remember why Jesus is teaching in this is because he's trying to unpack everything and the essence of what the kingdom of heaven is about and what it is like for us. Last week, I looked at the parable of the mustard seed, and this week, um, I'm going to be looking at one verse on the parable of the yeast. Um, so if you turn to Matthew chapter 13, verse 33, um, I have it on the screen as well. Um, and let's, let's just read these words. He told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like yeast that a woman took and mixed into about 60 pounds of flour until it worked all through the dough. And then the next two verses, the bit you see down at the bottom, it says this. Jesus spoke all these things to the crowd in parables. He did not say anything to them without using a parable. So was fulfilled what was spoken through the prophet. I will open my mouth in parables. I will utter things hidden since the creation of the world. Listen, even again, what we reflected on last week, what we sensed the Spirit speaking, even through the worship and through the leading, one of the words that Claire was using this morning was around glimpsing, that we could glimpse, you know, at the holiness of God. The thing that strikes me before we even start into the essence of the parable, the bits at the bottom in these last two verses, I feel that even this morning it's this word we get to glimpse. We get the gaze, we get to look at the wonder actually of everything that God is trying to teach us. And this is where it's one of those moments in the words of Jesus, it's like it should cause us to set up and to pay attention. There's something significant. Listen to what it says in those words at the bottom. Jesus spoke all these things to the crowd in parables. He did not say anything to them without using a parable. So was fulfilled what was spoken through the prophet. I will open my mouth in parables. I will utter things hidden since the creation of the world. This morning, as we unpack this parable, Jesus, through his Spirit, is revealing and unpacking and allowing us into a bit of the majesty and the wonder and the mystery of who he is, things that have been hidden even since the beginning of creation. Listen to this. Even the powers of darkness could not understand these things. They remained hidden. And Jesus, even through the teaching of these words, is letting us into a bit of the mystery and the wonder of who he is and what his kingdom is about. There is always, always, always more for us to understand. So even if you've read these words many times, I'm sure maybe you have. We even read them last Sunday. Let's not become so familiar that we lose sight of the mystery and the awe for us to glimpse at this morning. Listen, there's a journey that all of us are on. Some of you in the room, I recognize this, that perhaps for some in the room, you've never accepted Jesus. You haven't begun that relationship with him. We're going to be celebrating communion at the end of today. We're going to take time to remember the price that Jesus paid, but this is the, the invitation that we're invited to step into this morning to have our sins forgiven, to step into relationship with Jesus, to trust and accept him in your life. Perhaps this morning you've already begun that relationship with Jesus, but perhaps you're younger in faith. It's great that we've prayed a prayer and we've begun the relationship, but yet there's more for us to step into. There's more for you to press into. This is why Paul would say this to the church in Corinth. So all of us who have had that veil removed can see and reflect the glory of the Lord. 
And the Lord, who is the Spirit, makes us more and more like him as we are changed into his glorious image. Some translations would say about us being changed and transformed from one degree of glory to another. There is always more for us, even if you've been saved for many, many years. And even if you've heard the teaching of this many, many times, there's, there's something new and fresh for you to gaze at and to glimpse this morning or for you to understand in the mystery of what God wants to speak, perhaps even in terms of the familiarity of your relationship even where you'd got to at a point, perhaps even this morning you feel distant and you feel like you have stepped back. Today, there's an invitation to experience afresh the wonder of what God is saying. You see, this, if we're talking about this and being real, this is the essence of advance. For all of us, there's always a next step. For each and every one of us in the room this morning, there is always a next step. This is what Jesus was inviting us to be able to see is that Jesus, while he wanted to reveal the essence that he wanted us to be with the Father, and he wanted to reveal the Father and that one day we would be with him, Jesus wanted to teach his disciples and wanted to teach us what it was to stay in step so that we could experience him. There is always a next step, and then there's always a next step, and then there's always a next step. I love this, I think it's a, it's a paraphrase of some sort, but it's, it says these words, the journey of a thousand miles begins with a single step. There's always a next step. Maybe for some of you, what you're facing at the moment, it seems like huge and it feels like it's really hard to overcome. It begins with a single step. And when you've taken it, there's a next step. Regardless of where you're at in the journey, there's a next step. And this morning, as we unpack this parable, this is what we're asking. Spirit, would you help us to know what is the next step for me personally, for me individually in my life? For us as your church, Jesus, what is the next step? Help us to stay and step. And this is where last week we looked at the big is in the small. We unpacked the parable of the, the mustard seed. And then this week we are going to look about yeast. Jesus uses the analogy of yeast. Now, I, when I understood that I was teaching, and this was part of me, got a wee bit excited. I know I, I interviewed Sylvia a few weeks ago, and I was saying, you know, about how she and I used to teach in Jamore High School together. I used to be a science teacher. I used to be a bit of a science geek, right? I used to love all these sort of things. My degree was in bi um, biochemistry, and we would have studied microbiology and um, microbes, and how rock and roll is that, right? This was, this was my degree. And, uh, and the essence of, of yeast that Jesus comes to unpack is significant for us to be able to understand. Imagine this, Jesus, don't worry, I'm not going to bore you this morning, by the way, with scientific facts. But imagine this, Jesus, the creator of all things. Jesus, who knew the essence and had created all these things, is now referring to them and allowing us and helping us to see there's something significant about this. I actually, during the week, because it's obviously been that long since I taught in school and studied many of these things, I watched a couple of videos, which you know, the geeky part of me was loving. I was getting my popcorn out watching these things all about yeast. There was this one line that caught me that someone had said. It said, wherever yeast appeared, it defined human culture. Wherever yeast appeared in different periods of history, it said it defined human culture. The essence of this, Jesus refers, this is what the kingdom of heaven is like. When the kingdom of heaven appears and it turns up, it defines human culture. What is going on around us is not defining our culture. The kingdom wants to define culture where the kingdom of heaven turns up in our lives and through our lives. It is meant to shape and define culture. This is the purpose for us as the church of Jesus Christ. 
And yet Jesus says that actually this is what it is like. It is like yeast. This is yeast you see on the left. This is the sort of thing that would be used in baking. This is it on the right under a microscope. It is a single cell organism. It is so, so small. Even when we're talking about the big is in the small. It is tiny. It's one of the agents that's used in the making of bread. <laughs> and yet the whole purpose of this is that it's the very thing that makes dough rise. So what happens? There's a reaction. It's called fermentation. Yeast reacts with sugar, and what it does is that it produces a gas called carbon dioxide, and it's that that causes the dough to rise, right? So the dough on the right, it's this that causes it to rise. The first thing that I simply want to say, that's, that's the end of the science jargon, right? That's it done. The first thing that it teaches me, right, in my understanding, and this is part of gears into the mystery of what this is about, what are some of the lessons that even the Spirit would want to teach us as the church today? You see, within... Right, sorry, this, sorry, this is the last bit of scientific jargon. Sorry, this one more bit. Within the essence of, of the bread, there's many people are uh, intolerant to gluten, but gluten is, it's like this, it's like a protein structure within bread. But many, in the making of bread, I, I, I probably should have had someone here baking bread beside me. That would have been a good visual aid, but it just would have taken over an hour <laughs> to have done it. I'm sure you all would have been here at lunchtime. But you know what happens is that as the bread is being made, what they do with the dough is that they start to knead it. Right, they start to work at it. It's important that they do this. And the whole reason for that right, is that, as you see, so this is what gluten looks like. It's porous. Right? There's little gaps in it. It's, things can get through. We can look at it in a good way or a bad way. But what seems to happen right, is this, is that in the kneading, and as they start to work at the dough, what starts to happen is that these layers of gluten, they start to build one on top of another. They start to go over and over and over. And this is why it's important that this work starts to happen, right? More and more and more of the layers. And as it starts to do that, the gaps start to close. And with this, it means that the gas can't get through it. And it's this that almost catches the air and causes the dough to rise. The thing that Jesus would speak to us this morning is that more than ever, it is important for us to recognize that this isn't a lesson just in terms of how do I engage with the kingdom, but how do we be united as the church for us together to step into the kingdom? The purpose of unity in the church is more significant than ever before. This is why the prayer of Jesus to the Father was, Father, would you teach them to be one? Just as you and I are one. You see, for the, for the kingdom to work in this analogy of the yeast, this is why it was important in terms of the togetherness of the church. But the other thing that was really key about yeast was that yeast are living organisms, but they don't just work the whole purpose of yeast is that there's a word that needs spoken over them. They need activated. They are alive. They're living organisms, but they need activated. They almost need started. God is with us as his church, but there are certain conditions. You see, there are certain conditions that are needed in the essence, even with yeast, that cause it to be activated, that cause it for the purpose of what it is to start to work. There are certain conditions that are important for us in our lives that cause us to be activated in terms of the things of God. It's one thing to say that we are Christian. It's one thing to have prayed that prayer. But in terms of the essence of how God wants to use us as his church, there are certain conditions that are significant and important in terms of who we are, how we shape and how we position our lives that allow us and cause us to be activated so that his spirit can come alive in and through us and work through us. Obviously, things like time in the word 
time in prayer with the Lord. It is hugely important that we are leaning and and depending on an infilling of the Holy Spirit in our lives. We do not try these on our own strength. But the thing that is of utmost importance for us is simply this word, timing. Timing is key. Timing is huge. We don't move ahead. We don't trail behind. Timing is huge. How we daily position ourselves to listen to the voice of the Father how we daily position ourselves to allow the Spirit to guide us. Timing is key. You see, one of the things when we talk about the essence of the key, the key uh, conditions that are needed even for the yeast that Jesus references in the parable, if it's too cold, it doesn't get activated. If it's too hot, it gets killed. When it comes to this idea of timing force, sometimes what can be is that sometimes we can almost try to go ahead. We jump ahead of the things that God's trying to do. We, we're not, we get frustrated. We hate having to wait on the timing and the purposes of God. But yet it's in that moment that God's kingdom is key and it wants to work and to come alive in the most powerful way. And sometimes we go ahead of it and we miss the essence of what God's trying to do. We miss the moment that God has. Sometimes there are people that actually, there has been a call of God and a moment of God to tell them to move and to go and to do something. And perhaps out of fear or hesitation or reservation, we hold back. Sometimes people aren't released at a right time as well. And what happens almost the same as this, that some, sometimes people are, I heard someone say this during the week, sometimes people can almost be overcooked. We miss the timing of what it is. More than ever, more than ever as a church, this needs to be our daily purpose and our daily prayer. God, what are you saying to me? Like the kids are, are going home today with a Christmas devotion just in line with what we would do with the devotions. And the two questions we're asking is, God, what are you saying? And what am I going to do about it? Because, God, your timing is key. God, what are you telling me? How are you leading me? It's not trying to just work these things out in our own and what way we would like it to be. It's important that we are people that are positioned and our purpose is, God, what are you saying to me? And God, when are you calling me to do this? God, what is your perfect timing? Because you see, he makes all things beautiful in its time. His timing is important. And how we lead into this is crucial. God's timing. We see this in the life of the early church. We, we have imagination and understanding for this, that actually when Jesus told his disciples, his disciples who had been with him and he had followed him and he was trying to tell them about what their purpose would be, Listen to the words that he says in Luke chapter 24, just before he goes. Then he said, when I was with you before, I told you that everything written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and in the Psalms must be fulfilled. Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures. And he said, yes, it was written long ago that the Messiah would suffer and die and rise from the dead. On the third day, you can imagine, before we go on, you can imagine that Jesus, as he starts to tell them, this is the purpose. You can imagine after everything they've been through and now they see their risen Savior before them, there's a bit within the disciples, like they just want to get at it. They just want to be about this. And yet what Jesus tells them next to do is, guys, you need to wait. You need to wait. Don't just run ahead just to do this. You need to wait. This isn't what it says. It was also written that this message would be proclaimed in the authority of his name to all the nations beginning in Jerusalem. There's forgiveness of sins for all who repent. You're witnesses of all these things. And now I will send the Holy Spirit 
just as my father promised, but stay here. It's like he's saying, I know you really want to get at it. I know you have a desire. I know there's certain things you almost want to work out, but wait. Wait until the right time. Wait until my time for you to do this. I will send the Holy Spirit just as my father promised, but stay here in the city until the Holy Spirit comes and fills you with power from heaven. Again, sometimes we try to rush ahead of God's timing and for the spirit to move and things can fall flat. Similarly, there are people who are called already and we just aren't released or people just, um, yeah, there's again that word almost overcooked and sometimes it can be almost like people are rendered ineffective. As we advance, we have to stay clued into the now and this is why it's important that we hunger more than ever to stay clued into, Holy Spirit, what are you saying? And as Jesus finishes this parable, listen to the bit that's underlined. So again, he told them about the parable, the kingdom of heaven is like yeast that a woman took and mixed through about 60 pounds of flour. And listen to what it said, until it worked all through the dough. It worked all through the dough. Jesus references the effect and impact of his kingdom with this picture. He teaches it's similar to the yeast. The kingdom is able to work its way through the whole of culture. This is the key part for us to understand. There isn't a part of culture that God's kingdom can't impact. Do you believe that? There isn't a part of culture that God's kingdom can't impact. There's nothing that's off limits. Sometimes we're nullified in our posture of advance by fear ourselves, but sometimes we can almost downplay the significance of what God can do and how God would desire to use us. Sometimes even in our own mind, the prejudices that we have about different people and about different parts of culture means that the prejudices in our head are the very things that stop us from engaging and the very thing that stops us from carrying the kingdom. The Jews were like this. The Jews hated the Samaritans. The Jews were never engaging. This is what they thought. They, they would never have chosen to engage with Samaritans. They were enraged when Jesus referenced them in his stories. They were enraged even further, I'm sure, when they would have seen Jesus engaging both with a Samaritan and a Samaritan woman, even at the well. I remember a few years back in the middle of a conversation with Andrea Wigglesworth, and, and we were just chatting with a couple of us just around us. And I remember... And one of the people I was with, they started to talk about just their, their struggles with just engaging with different people. And they almost tried to frame it from a position of theologically, they were trying to say, Andrea, you know, theologically, I don't think God would do this, this, or this. And you know what Andrea's like? That's, that's like a red rag to bull for, for Andrea. And, uh, and I remember her saying this, and it was just one of those throwaway statements, but it was just one of those ones that never left me. And she said this, these words, she said, you can't heal something you won't touch. You can't heal something you won't touch. Sometimes with the prejudices in our head where we won't go there. You can't engage with those sorts. You can't go into those places. This is the truth, and this is why Jesus came, actually, for the whosoever will. This is why Jesus was ridiculed, because he hung out with tax collectors and sinners and all sorts, because he desired that his kingdom would come close to, to everyone. You can't heal what you won't touch. Sometimes we're shut down in our own minds with people that we will go near, and yet God's kingdom desires to advance. God's love and heart is for the whole world. And today, all I would simply love us to do 
this is really just short unpacking, but today I just want to allow the Spirit just to speak to us off the back of the last few weeks of teaching. Today what we're going to do is just we're going to spend just the last 20 or 20, 10 minutes just around communion. I just really want, I hunger for this myself, for the Spirit to speak to me, because I recognize even in this, these words, there are sometimes people in my own life that I struggle in engaging with. And yet these could be the very ones that the Lord wants to send us to. When Jesus called his disciples and he said, go into all the world, make disciples of all the nations. It wasn't go to just the people that you like or you feel comfortable with, but it's actually go into all the world. And today what I would love us, love us to do, Holly and the guys are going to come just to lead us. We're going to worship in a little while as well. But just in a few different ways, I just would love us just to unpack and just to reveal some of the different essence of what our teaching has been over the last while. Um, we, we started a few weeks ago in Matthew 13 with the parable of the sower. Phil referenced this to us. And one of the things that it looked at for us at that moment was around the condition of the soil, the condition of our own hearts. You see, for us to be a people that constantly stay in step, we got to ensure that the condition of our hearts are good. And this is why the psalmist would, would say those words, of search me, O God, and know my heart. I think I have it on the screen. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Point out anything in me that offends you and lead me along the path of your everlasting life. What I would love us to do this morning, before I lead us, I'm going to lead us in a few different ways, just of reflection, just over the last two or three weeks of teaching. It's one verse this morning, it's very simple, just in terms of just some of the truths coming out of it, but this morning I want to ask, what does God want to actually teach us practically how to step it out? Before we do that, I would just love for all of us just to sit just in stillness this morning. I would love us to allow just the Holy Spirit to start to, to do this, and the invitation of this, search me, O God, and know my heart. What is the condition of the soil of our heart this morning? As God desires to move. And this morning it might be that God starts to point out something that offends him. That as God desires to lead you along his path of righteousness, his path of life this morning, there might be something that God starts to pinpoint, an area of sin, a weakness, a struggle, something that he's recognizing, just something that just needs to shift. And what I would love just in this moment, let's just take a moment and just personally invite the Holy Spirit just to speak this morning. might be a situation just even over the last week that the Holy Spirit starts to just bring a drop into your mind something in some way that we stepped out of line of God's desire and God's best for us Holy Spirit wants to this isn't being spoken in terms of condemnation God desires for us to step closer towards his heart this morning there might be certain things that even in a fresh posture of repentance we just need to say to own and to recognize and to say God I'm sorry for that my life I repent of it 
this morning there's a fresh invitation to Holy Spirit to help you in an area that just seems to be of constant struggle. This morning it's a claiming of the victory of Jesus over some of those areas in your life. Come Holy Spirit and speak to us. Search our hearts this morning, God. Before we, before we remind ourselves of the price that Jesus paid by taking of communion, what I would love us to do this morning, just in the, yeah, just in the words, just that Jesus is declaring through the parables. Remember, this is a glimpse and a gaze into the mystery that was hidden before the creation of the world. The desire of Jesus for his church to go into all the world, that there's no barriers, there's nothing that holds us back. And what I would love us even to reflect and just to meditate on this morning, here's four different areas in your life. It's on the screen, maybe within your family, some of your friends, maybe within a workplace in your neighborhood. I'd just love for you to start to think through just some names of people that God might actually this week want to send you to. Who are some of those people? And I would love actually if the spark could even start to just quicken our hearts. Who even are some of those people that we might even find it difficult? The ones that we've said, uh, no, 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 I'm not going there. But this morning actually as part of the, God, I submit my life to you. I trust you, Lord, with all my heart and I want to follow you in all of my ways. And God, so would you now reveal and speak names to me, God? God, who are the people, God, even in these different contexts that you have me positioned, God, that you actually want me to speak to even this day, this week? Allow the Lord just to start to speak to you around some of these people. Let's just take a couple of minutes in this. Don't switch off in this moment. Allow God, this is where it becomes not just a hearing of the word, but a doing of the word. Allow God to speak to you. Let's start to think through some names of people this week. Even if, if you feel that some of these categories aren't applicable to you, start to think through in a daily pattern of your life the people that you're regularly in, in, in and around. Here are some of these people that God is calling you to engage with in terms of the kingdom this week.
And the reality is, listen, these are names. They're, they're people that God has specifically positioned you to be in and around. That his kingdom can come close to their lives through you. And yet, we're, this morning we remind ourselves of the greatest example that we have in the life of Jesus. What I would love us to do this morning, you all have your communion cup. If you know Jesus, we'd love, we'd love for you to be part of this with us. I'd love you to just unpack the first layer, just a little bit of bread. And the bread reminds me of a body broken. It reminds me of a life of sacrifice that Jesus lived in his body as he was here on earth. And what I would love for us to do now is that even as we, we take of his body this morning, we take of this bit of bread, this morning we just remind ourselves of actually the price that it is and the cost that it is for us as disciples of Jesus. So Lord, would you just reveal more of your nature to us, God, even as we take of this? Let's, let's give thanks for the body broken this morning, can we? And then let's, let's take the, the bottom layer together, can we? So this reminds us of the blood. Let's read this. There's one verse on the screen, guys, just there if you put it on for me. Just 1 Peter chapter 1. And listen to these words just as we take of the blood. Search me, or, or sorry, the next one. Um, this one. For you know that God paid a ransom to save you from the empty life you inherited from your ancestors. And it was not paid with mere gold or silver which lose their value. It was the precious blood of Christ, the sinless, spotless Lamb of God. Listen, in everything that we say, the reason why we step into these things is because a price was paid. And this morning, let's take of this and let's give thanks afresh for the blood of Jesus and let's claim its victory over our lives afresh today. Amen. So listen, what I would love us to do this, this this morning has just been a simple reflection on how God, I feel, just wants to teach and all the teaching we've been through over the last week just to move forward with us. But I would love us just to stand and worship him this morning just as we close. I'm going to just come and just pray and just share a bit off the back of it. But let, let's just stand together. Let's, let's celebrate and worship King Jesus, the one who reveals to us even afresh in our lives day and daily the mysteries of God. And today, just uh, we want to glorify him afresh. So let's stand with me this morning. Let's join me, the guys, and let's just worship God together. We hope you enjoyed listening to this podcast. For more information about our church and all that we do, please visit our website at emmanuel-church.co.uk.